0: Hey, guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark.
1: Hello, everyone. How are you? This is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. I'm so excited that you're here. You came back for this next episode. The mics are working. This is amazing. You guys are awesome. All your support is what keeps me going. This is a movement to share good news, and we are growing strong every single week. Welcome, a huge welcome, to this special bonus podcast. I'm coming to you today. Bonus. I love that. <laughs> this <is> a bonus. <laughs> We're coming directly from a real official studio. Can you believe it? This isn't my living room anymore. We are coming to you from the campus of Quinnipiac University, we are in the studio at WQAQ, just a little shout out. We're here in Hamden, Connecticut, not my living room. This is a really big deal, you guys. My wonderful friend, she is truly a living legend. She is here at with At least me. I'm still living. <laughs> you are. <laughs> she is a living legend in the state of Connecticut, my former TV news colleague. Ann Nyberg. Ann has spent nearly 40 years. Think about that. For just a second. You're not even 40 yet.
0: I am too. (laughs) I'm so happy. I
1: just turned 46 this weekend, Annie. You got to keep up. Okay. (laughs) Didn't you see my Instagram?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) 40 years is four decades. And (laughs) I I think I just graduated from Purdue University yesterday. But guess what? I didn't.
1: Well, how does it feel? You were the longest serving full-time female news anchor and reporter in Connecticut TV history. So basically, you're like a historic figure. <laughs> you know,
0: I, I'm proud about that because uh, when I got into the business in 1979, yes, do the math, it'll be 40 years in 2019. We're going to have to have a
1: party, by the way. Uh,
0: you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah big I one. think so too. I wanted to get to a place somewhere in the United States where i could find a home a community raise kids and be a journalist and it happened and you know you live and die by contracts you know a lot of it is luck but i'm a storyteller since i was could learn to read 6 years old and i just keep telling stories i can't help myself even though there aren't a lot of brochures anymore in places <laughs> yep, because you true. know it's, it's all online, online.
1: yeah i never met a brochure i didn't love so how did you even get into news? Let's go back. Take us back. So you went to Purdue. You're to such Purdue. a nice Midwesterner. That's why. That's one of the many reasons why everyone loves you, because you're so nice. Because you're from the Midwest. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Have then, you see me early in the yeah, morning? Yeah, right. No, maybe not. Let's. <laughs> t- we'll, we'll talk to your husband Mark about that. Yeah. But so you go to Purdue, and then what happens? How did you know? Obviously, you know you're curious. You're like me. We're both nosy people. We want to know the scoop. And then tell everybody. Yeah, we, we want to know the scoop yeah. right away. But so how did you know you wanted to get into this?
0: You know, I went to Purdue, and I thought I was going to be a business major, and then I remembered that I hated numbers, yep. and I, I don't have a mind for that. So I went into the School of Journalism and started writing, and when I got out of Purdue uh, again in 1979, I interviewed at the three local TV stations in South Bend, Indiana, where, where I grew up, and the ABC affiliate said, come on, you know, we'll take you. You don't have much experience, because back then you didn't really have internships like you do now. hmm and I did the morning cut-ins in Good Morning America, and that just took off. I mean, I learned on the job though, and made my mistakes in a small market, obviously, and then just went on. And I can't, I can't imagine doing anything else. Somebody said to me today, you know, haven't you had enough? And I, and I, I think to myself, do they ask men that same question after they've been on the air forty years? I'm not sure, but mm, I not. haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I. I am so curious, as you said, and love to write about everything, especially the everyday person. You know, you're a small businesswoman. I have a boutique in Madison, Indiana called Madison, Madison Connecticut. Connecticut, that is. My brother lives in Madison, <laughs> Indiana.
1: Annie Mame. Um, yeah, we love Annie that Mame. store. So and, cute.
0: And I know what it is to be a small business person. It's very hard. It's, it's very hard. But that's another part of me that I've learned. And so... I love to see what people are doing, what they're creating, what they're trying to, um, you know, raise a family on, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I – so there's there's not a small business I'm not fascinated by.
1: So that's probably why you, you're you telling their stories so well. Right? I guess. Because you, you can relate.
0: I can, I can relate. And when I launched the Nyberg show six years ago
1: – That's your long format Long show. format, yeah, just I like what you're it.
0: doing um, on on your podcast. I – give people a chance to breathe and tell me, well, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. How did you do this? How did you start it? Because I think if somebody else hears it, maybe then they think that they can do it, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just been so fun. And I have a lot of folks on, maybe like you're doing as well, who wouldn't be on. I spotlight people who can't cut through the clutter because I think that they should. But it's very difficult to do Mm -hmm. that. Monday when this comes out, I'm having a photographer on who uh, is from Laguna Beach, California, who shoots weddings on the West Coast and the East Coast. And she's been at it about six years or so. And But she has a thing that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So I contacted her on Facebook. She said, sure, I'll come on. So oh gosh,
1: people want it.
0: people want to be heard.
1: But yep, they want to tell their story. They want to tell
0: their story. Yep. But I feel like we're living in a world that's so fast paced. OK, give me two minutes. Give mm-hmm. me your elevator. Pitch and move on you can't do that and I'm just I love to hear people's stories
1: so what was it like you know you got you got the call that Connecticut wanted to hire you that was a bigger market from where you came and that you they were going to have you on to be the, the the anchor the main female anchor right at well, first well this
0: is how this went so I started in uh, South Bend Indiana yeah and actually the television station was in Elkhart Indiana and then I went to Oklahoma City and worked for an ABC affiliate there, K-O-C-O. And then I went to um, NBC, which was KTVY then. Now it's K F K-F-O-R. And my husband came to Connecticut um, on a postdoc at Yale. And I interviewed here. And I had just had our first baby, Lindsay. And so it was really uh, when I walked into the TV station and they saw that I was nine months pregnant. Now, this is almost 40 years, you know, 30, 32 years ago at Channel 8. I didn't get a call back.
1: Uh-huh. Interesting. S-
0: interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so then Lindsay uh, was nine months old or so, and I sent another tape, and they hired me. I already had eight years experience, but the pregnancy thing, this that particular management didn't like. And I thought, really? Come on. I've been yeah. at this eight years. This isn't going to change me. So that was very interesting. So then uh, I went in as a reporter, a weekend anchor, and then- pretty quickly after that was a main anchor.
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember. But uh, yeah, you were
0: there with with all kinds of stuff. I have to tell you, your listeners that you're such an awesome producer. There are few producers that I've worked with that just get it, um, who understand nuances um, because you paid attention. Lots of people are just living in the moment. They're not paying attention. You, yeah. you have to, you have to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. So I miss you in my ear and my IFB. Oh my gosh. You know, I telling would, my... I would
1: whisper you sweet nothings. <laughs> just tell you how, tell you how amazing you were just to keep well, you, keep you going. My sanity. But we did have fun. And that's where I learned how to do everything. And I learned so much from you. You were such an amazing role model for so many of us. And I often say, you know, and you might, I don't even know if you think of yourself this way, but I often say, an- Annie is someone who's like a trailblazer you know you sort of blaze the way for a lot of us who are who are girls who are women right in this business and you've done so well and you're now like a living legend you're <laughs> <and> a, <laughs> a grandmother <historic> figure <laughs> and you're a grandmother too yes, for of real one. yeah but um i just think that sometimes you know we forget that we need to pat each other on the back and say you really did teach me and you taught so many of us well you're so cute so many s- great things i don't think know? of
0: myself that way but i do think of this that it is up to us to teach those coming up mm-hmm. from behind us. Men, women, um, don't take nonsense. You know, don't don't say to people, and I, and I learned this early on, don't say you don't know something. Look it up, figure it out, do it. Yep. You know, don't twist your hair. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess a guy wouldn't do that. Yeah. Twist their hair, unless it was really long. And say, well, I don't really know. Just figure it figure out. Figure it and out. Do it. Yep. Um, I worry about work ethic. Hard work will pay off. And sometimes you think, where is this going? Where is this going? But it will go somewhere. You just have to keep at it. And surround yourself with people who will feed your soul. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the negativity. You know, we live in the state of Connecticut, and we're in an election year. And I hear negative, negative, negative. I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. How about we just (laughs) Why do you think I started this podcast? How about we just talk about what's so awesome about this state of arguably 3 million people and the shore and the mountains and in between New York City and Boston mm-hmm. and this state is so enriching. Yes, it's too expensive to live here. That's why people are leaving. Yes, taxes are high, all of that stuff. But what I'm seeing in the state is people connecting and networking together. Never mind government. Mm-hmm. They're just doing things like the Shoreline Chamber. When when tourism was cut years ago, the chambers came together along the shoreline and they said, "You know what? we can do this ourselves, Mm -hmm. and they are. So you can't count on government to do everything. You have to figure out what you wanna build and build it with people around you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you wanna build a radio station in your home, go do it. If you wanna, just figure it out. Somebody else did 70 years ago.
1: Well, that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about today because you and I love this state, right? I grew up here, unlike you, but I grew up here, and I loved growing up here. I loved it so much that I came back and worked here, and then, when I went off and did the rest of my career in television, then when I wanted to have babies, guess what? I came back to Connecticut to raise my family. That's how much I love it. And now some of your girls have come back. I know Lindsay's back. Is Katie back? Katie just bought a house in Connecticut. Oh, I have two here and yay, one in Washington, Katie. D.C. Okay, I know, Sarah. We'll get you back. We're going to reel Sarah <laughs> it back in. But Lindsay and Katie are back, and Lindsay's had a baby. So now you're a grandma, grandmother, and Lindsay's raising her baby, her boy, mm-hmm. here. So I want to talk about what we love about the state, right? Because it, it, it does break my heart a little bit. I have a lot of friends that are moving, Annie, and it really is hard for me because I want to convince them to stay. So how what do you say to people when they ask you about why do you love Connecticut so much and how can we convince people to stay here?
0: When we went through those tragic times of <clears throat> excuse me, 2008 and 2009 and people thought, oh my gosh, what is happening? What is happening? That's when I started NetworkConnecticut.com. And... In the morning, I would get in my Honda Pilot and I would drive all over the state and just show up and say, hey, you've got a small business here. Can I write about you? Oh, you're a photographer. Can I write about you? And I would take pictures and start telling stories. And so Network Connecticut, to me, is networking and and connecting people around the state about all this cool stuff that they're doing. And I thought of myself as kind of a megaphone for the state of Connecticut to say, look, go inward and see what we're building here and stop with negativity. I mean, I won't live long enough to write all the things that are going on in this state. All the things that are that are coming here. The good things. The that are coming good here. things yep. that are coming here. And I just I mean, if you just walk out your so, outside your house right now and look at the leaves. Know, and look at so southern beautiful. New England. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Do we have our issues? Yes, we do. But I see a ton of give back in mm-hmm. people here. I see it every day by what I do, by what I report on. Um, to build a community you have to be a part of it and you have to help build it and you can't just take i, mm-hmm. I worry about a world where we just take 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 well what are you what are you giving back yeah.
1: what value are you what adding what value yep. are you
0: adding and i think you know the greatest generation they rolled up their shirt sleeves and said you know hey we're going to we're going to build this country and guess what the country was built on small business mm-hmm. that's what it's about mm-hmm. now if you look at all of our cities and towns and you look at you look at how expensive it is to have a bricks and mortar that's troubling and everything's going online but do we really want to sit in our house in pajamas all day long and just order stuff right i get that it's really easy but i'm a love of the old-fashioned department store the six or seven person to person
1: person to person
0: customer service guy in an elevator i mean i sound really old and i I am (laughs) grandma yeah well i'll be 62 in january i tell people that all the time so deal with it yeah um but, you know, the, the department stores were built for the middle class across America. And um, the Gimbel's department stores. And in South Bend, Indiana, it was Robertson's department store. And it was a big, big deal. <clears throat> so I worry about, will everything go online? Will Amazon own everything? And people just have warehouse jobs. I don't know. I just, we're sort of at a Wild West point yeah, in our, in our yeah. lives right now. And what I want to make it is is safer for our kids. I mean... My kids, my, my grandchild, children are growing up now in an active shooter situation in preschool. I mean, this is, this is crazy. So if, in bringing it back to what's good, if we remember kindness, if we remember to say thank you, if we get out of our own way and stop taking selfies all day long and look toward other people, just random acts of kindness. That's
1: how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's how you were raised. Was, and yep. guess what? it's really easy to do that. I always say kindness always wins. And the one thing I'm teaching my kids is just be kind and whatever you do in life, you will be successful if you are kind. And that lesson is just, I'm just beating a dead horse, but they listen, I swear to gosh, they do listen. Well, it's 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 almost rare now, right?
0: I did, when I wrote my first book, Slices of Life, I did this little test and I went out to uh, a, a mall, an outdoor mall, and I just observed people. And I was looking for holding the door open for the next person going in, or places and thank yous. I didn't see a lot of it. Mm. We got to work on that. We have to work on that. I, you know, and I'm not Pollyanna.
1: That's just how I was right, raised. Right, right, right. We're not perfect. No, right. of course not. Right. But it's just those little things. Do so I give you this gift things. now? Oh my gosh. Is this, I, I, is this
0: my birthday present? Yeah. No. So so <gasps> I'm a knitter. Right? Oh my gosh. So Andy, this is this is a I cowl. Love this. Oh my, and this is good for hockey. Yes. So you put it around <laughs> hockey your neck. Mom. You can and it's it's oh it's knitted on size fifty five zero needles. So like Fred Flintstone bats. And oh so gosh. it knits really, really easily. So you can cover it over. You can yep. use it as a as a shrug, and it has glitter in it, which is of I know, course so my favorite color. I know. Perfect for me. Perfect. Yeah. Glitter. Right, we so, love a little sparkle. So, oh, so there Annie, you go. you're
1: so kind. Yeah. See? So there you go. You're so kind. <laughs> See, it all comes back, right? Well, I just thank you. That is so so thoughtful. Oh, oh you my bet. Gosh. You bet. Enjoy. I just yes, it's just going to keep me cozy at the hockey rink listen, every single day. I learned a long time
0: ago, and Dan, you should hear this too. If your neck is warm, your whole body's warm. Oh my gosh, I learned rest. that late I in life, that. but it so works. If this is warm, yeah. everything else is good. See this is because I'm so
1: old I can pass on these things. I know (laughs) that you're going to have to teach me how to knit. So easy. So tell me a little bit more about let's let's talk a little bit more about Connecticut. What's your favorite place in Connecticut? If you could just pick one town, since we're on the topic of what we love and why we love Connecticut, what's your favorite? Or maybe just. What's your favorite area? Shoreline. Shoreline. I because know. we're kind of we're kind of biased because yeah. we both live shoreline, by the water.
0: Because I grew up I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not too far from Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. and my grandfather in 1964 bought a tiny little 900 square foot um, naughty pine cottage, and so that was my water growing up. But to be by the water, the shoreline of Connecticut is tremendous. Having said that.
1: The Litchfield Hills. Oh my gosh, gorgeous. are gorgeous! I know. I bet right now with the leaves, it's even more stunning. Spectacular. I, I yeah. just
0: I can't say enough about Connecticut. If you if you get out of your car, yeah, and look at this state, the streams. I mean, some of the best fishing around is in the streams in Connecticut. Um, you know, historic places. The Goodspeed Opera House, really, on the Connecticut I River. Know. How gorgeous. gorgeous is that I know. place? I love that place. But the farms, some of the farms are coming back. We mm-hmm. used to have thousands and thousands of farms in the state of Connecticut. And now people are, are deciding, oh, gosh, we should be sustainable. We should mm-hmm. grow our own food again. For some reason, you know, in the world of TV dinners, we got away from that or something. Yeah. And the architecture,
1: too. Like the even, architecture. Like you know, where you work in New Haven, there's so much, the architecture. Just get know, out of not your Not car. just Yale, but just in general in yeah. New Haven. There's so much beautiful architecture. And look,
0: I'm not from here. I was born in a Quonset hut. On an air force base in san angelo texas okay raised in South Bend, indiana but i know that my folks always wanted to bring us to new england now we never got here the, the closest place we got was williamsburg in virginia well, but that was sort of close <laughs> but it's it's amazing the the heritage the history it's it's just a great place i pinch myself every day loving being in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I just,
1: I think it's terrific. I know, I love it too. I feel so lucky to live here. Well, so tomorrow's a big election, right? That yes. we're, we're not gonna you know, talk talk a lot about this because um, we wanna focus on all the positive stuff going on. But I think my mantra is always that change is good. That's just the way I think of things when change is happening, I always embrace it. And I think it's good. And so our governor is retiring. And we are going to have a new governor um, this week. So what what are you hearing from your viewers? What are you hearing from residents of Connecticut? What do they want to see from this next administration? I mean, you've, you've obviously been a witness to many administrations in Connecticut yourself since you've been in Connecticut for almost 40 years. But what do you think that people want to see? I think that people want to be hugged. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I feel like... We need somebody in office that just is going to say, look, I got this. Mm-hmm. And it's not about me, it's about you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I hope that's what's going to happen. You know, having said that, vote. If I hear one more time from somebody who says, I don't really need to vote because I don't really know who's running. It's not going to make a difference anyway, and so I don't need to vote. I get very angry about that. When I turned 18, I couldn't wait to vote, and guess what? Someone died for your rights I to vote. It's a privilege. So whatever, yeah. whatever you think, um, young people, 18 years and up, older folks, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. I understand there's elevator pitches from everybody. I understand you know you really don't get to know these candidates you know to their core because there's not time. Mm-hmm. But educate yourself and vote. I don't want to hear, don't tell me you did not vote. Right.
1: And then complain about what's going on in right. the state. Right, because you'll see it
0: all over my social media. Right, And there's just no excuse not to vote. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I, I couldn't get up on time. I well know. then and vote it, And early. the weather doesn't look great, so you
1: can't make that as an excuse. We're New Sorry. Englanders. Sorry, guys, you We're gotta get out there. Put New your raincoat on. Yeah, yeah. and it's galoshes so and go, yeah. Well, so what's, what's your favorite part of your job? Is it is it meeting people? Is it being part of the community? It's every you- it's everything. Um, I I and do. And you f- serve your community. So is that absolutely? You're sort of like. A, I feel like you come from that place of service in I, a way, right? I love
0: to help. Yeah. I and with social media now, with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, no matter, even though they have their faults, big faults, I have to say. Um, You can connect. Mm -hmm. And people often will reach out to me and say, hey, we're going to do this fundraiser for this. Or um, our church is doing this for that. I use my Facebook page and my Twitter pages as, again, a megaphone for the state, hoping that somebody sees it. Now, the analytics on social media have been pulled back so far. That maybe your friends, in quotation marks, are seeing 1% or 2% of any, anything yeah. you're posting. Good old algorithm. Right, because they want you, right, it's a business. They yeah. want you to pay to get boosted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I still I still do that, and I still have Network Connecticut, mm-hmm. which is... My yes, website, which website. I can do whatever
1: I want to with. And your long-form show, Long-form, Nyberg. and I do and it you, that way. Because you produce that yourself.
0: Yeah. and in yep. in my store, Annie Mame, I carry locally made things mm-hmm. that are made that. by somebody who's trying to figure out what the next thing... So I, my mantra is the same constantly. I just bought eyeglasses yesterday that I'm going to wear on the air, okay? So I pick up these glasses, I go to my local, you know, eyeglass place... And I pick them out. Wouldn't you know they come from Shelton, Connecticut? So these glasses that I will be wearing are from Connecticut. I love that. I do, too. That's, I love that. I know, I love Distributed that. Distributed out of Shelton. Yeah. Okay. You better be Shelton. tagging them in your picture. I, well, I should actually, you know, like Minnie Pearl have <laughs> yeah. the tag off the glasses. Yes. Um, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Somebody built a business. Um, if, you, um, if you look at Lyman Orchards. Okay, it goes back nine, ten generations, all the way back to England, and uh, my daughters are friends with one with Maggie Bascom, who's a doll, but she's the tenth generation or the ninth generation. I know what it takes to to have a company stay beyond three generations. Look at what they've done. Right. So there's and we story. all still love it there. Right. Yep. So there's there's all these kinds of stories that are here so people will say well you know shop local shop local but yes it is easier to just stay in your pajamas and order it online it comes like in three hours with it from a drone or whatever's going to happen <laughs> Drones okay. from a drone right yep. so but all these small 169 towns in the state of Connecticut with these quintessential greens and their shops are those all going to go away what's going to be
1: yeah I hope not in our towns yeah.
0: I mean, really, what is going to be there?
1: These empty shops. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We all have to work together and, and yeah, figure we'll this come out. Yeah, we'll come together. Yeah, yeah, because I always say we're better together. Now, speaking of social media, um, you were you were like one of the, my first friends I'm a crazy on person. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and Facebook. You were so gung ho, and it was so funny because I remember messaging you, and you said you know, this is the future, Nina. And I, you know, I was still like, what? I'm in this, I was in a newborn fog. I was like, what is she even well, talking about? As well, you should about? have been, yes. And you were like, this is this is what's coming. And I'm embracing it. I'm jumping on board this. So what was it that you saw, especially like Twitter? I mean, I get Facebook because we all wanted to sort of stay connected and see pictures of each other and the kids and grandkids and all that. But what was it about Twitter that you saw something in that? before a lot of other people did and you jumped on it.
0: What I saw in that what it, it was the modern day ticker tape. So when I came up through news, you know, nearly 40 years ago, we had an AP machine in a closet and it would just constantly, you know, print out tick, news. Tick, tick. And that's yep. where the the term rip and read came from. So if a storm bulletin came, it would type it out, you'd rip it off the machine and you'd go on the air, you know, there's a tornado warning or some, you know, so I saw Twitter as that. It was instant. It was 140 characters. If there's an earthquake in Italy, I'm going to know fast. Now people say, "Okay, well, who's vetting all of that? If 150 or 200 people are tweeting there's an earthquake in Italy, there's probably an earthquake in Italy, mm-hmm. and then you you know you you search it and make sure that there is. It's instant. Twitter uh, has many trolls on it, as we know, and many bad things on it. So does Facebook. Mm-hmm. You have to read everything. So on Twitter, because of what I do, I subscribe to every news organization, small, medium, and large, around the world. And so I'm constantly, you know, that thing that we do with our phones where we're scrolling, I mean, that's addictive. Mm -hmm. And psychologists know that. And when they put that together, they knew you would do that. But I'm constantly... Looking for updates, looking for updates, seeing what's going on, and that's instant. Nobody can be that instant. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I thought there is power in Twitter. Now, you have to follow the right kind of people. If if you're just following um, let's say rap artists, then mm-hmm. you're just gonna know about that. Okay, yep. well, good for you. <clears throat> but I'm I wanna know about everything
1: everywhere. Right, not just Connecticut. You wanna no, know everything. about everything because yep. it
0: could impact us. Yep. If yeah, if something happens in if Chicago. A, you or know this. If there's a,
1: wherever, it could still impact us, right? If, the, if there's
0: a plane crash in Chicago, chances yep. are somebody knows somebody on board or knew something. It's just we're all connected that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So i I am fascinated. Now I wake up at four o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep and. I, I'm addicted. Is that an age I, thing? Yeah. Is that what's Probably, coming <laughs> for me, Annie? Probably. I grab my phone and I start rolling through Twitter. So then see. you know what's going so on So I know what's going on. Yeah. When so, you really
1: wake up, then you have a sense of what's right. going on. Yeah. And so when
0: when you're in television news, I took it seriously in that you live it, eat it, breathe it. Mm-hmm. I can walk away to knit you a cowl, although that was really fast. Um, but Did I, you do this in the newsroom? <laughs> I have done stuff in the newsroom for charity, you yep. know, events, I got to get stuff done. Somebody said to me, what are you doing in the newsroom? I said, well, I've got my earphones on, I'm watching the, the news, and I'm knitting, okay? So I'm doing three things. You, <laughs> multitasker. <laughs> right. I, I think of myself as an air traffic control tower person yes. that I'm always on. If you message me while I'm live on the air, you'll get a five, message back. 10, 11,
1: you will get a message I know I've back. done that before and I was like, "Oh, wait, she's on the air." That's okay. <laughs> she's still going to write me back. Yeah, of course. It's hilarious. Well, so we do a we do a feature here about Instagram because yes. for me, you know, you love Twitter, I love Instagram and I always say right now the the gram is my jam. Although I do know that in 6 months something else may be maybe my jam, but for now the gram is my jam. So on Instagram, who is someone that you love to follow that other that our listeners might want to follow as well? I knew you were going to ask me this because you told me you were going to ask me this. Um, and it uh, can't be Ann Nyberg. No, oh.
0: of course it wouldn't be. <laughs> I, you know, platforms now are feed, feed and watering platforms, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> it will kill you. I mean, if you, if you denote all this time to Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, hours will go past mm-hmm. and you've done nothing in the day. Instagram, I mine for interesting things that are going on. Do I have one favorite one? No, because again, I'm scrolling. I don't do stories on Instagram, because I just don't. Um, I see a lot more ads on Instagram, because it's, it's a business. And so ads are like popping Facebook. yeah, yep. they're popping up, because you're being paid to be boosted and all mm-hmm. that. And I'm getting weary of that mm-hmm. already. So yeah, what's the next platform? We
1: don't know. We don't know because it's the wild west, I know, which is kind of it's kind of fascinating to me. I just it can't is. wait to see what's going to come.
0: It is, and the news is fascinating too because there are so many platforms for news.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, young people are not sitting around a dinner table at six o'clock to find out what's going on. They already know. Yep. Because so, they watched it on the on this little device, correct? They've already
1: seen it, right? Yeah. And forty or fifty percent now everything is mobile, mm-hmm. so you have to be mobile. So when people sort of look to you as as you know an expert, majorly, um, what do you say when people are like, "What do you think is going to happen in five years in TV news? What do you see? What do you see if you had a crystal ball? What do you see in five years?" The answer is nobody knows. Nobody knows, which is Not kind even of if- the which is kind of fun yeah to think about right the network
0: level doesn't know they're pushing everything to digital they're trying to get it online i think whatever the business was five six years ago was late to the party mm-hmm. news included because mm-hmm. they didn't think this was going to go so fast mm-hmm. but it has so everything's mobile everything's digital but because there's so much competition how do you cut through the clutter you know so you you brand a tv station you brand your business as best you can but it costs money to get the word out there it just rolls back to me with network connecticut and the nyberg show and rolling my fireplace around the tv station i'm just just amazing <laughs> by the way you guys have to watch
1: it on facebook it's so good yeah
0: and i just my deal with that was who works in this building i mean you see people on air but Who's running the Who's running the the cameras? Who's writing the stories? So I'm fascinated by I think I've done eighteen of them now by rolling around my fireplace in the building and talking to people that I work with every day but don't really know know. Mm-hmm. And they bring in things we find out about them. And they place. I, I just again I'm fascinated by what people do. Yeah, and their and their stories.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I know. Well, everyone has to uh, watch you do that because it's it's so hilarious. So. <laughs> Back to being a grandma. So how do you think being a grandmother has changed you as a person?
0: Um, Somebody said, just wait. You won't understand the joy until you become a grandparent. And boy, were they right. And you get so protective. Um, My grandson, Bodie, um, is a joy. And my kids live in Trumbull. I'm in Madison, so they're a little far. They're mm-hmm. in state, but I'm like, you need to move a little closer. Yeah.
1: Can we can we get closer? Yeah, yeah. but the
0: joy um, of seeing a little one come up again. You know, when your kids are growing up, you're so busy raising them and all of that. But now I said I said to my husband, Mark, I said, Christmas with a little one. Oh, my gosh. And all the holidays. And, you know, they're so innocent and in seeing things for the first time. And y- you get to be a kid again. But I'm telling you. It is awesome. Oh, you're not even ready for what no. it, what it is. No, <laughs> I mean your kids are little still. They're still little. But someone. Said, but my mom loves it. It's yeah. just it's it's a new beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a deep love, just like I think, you know, weddings are. There, it's a new beginning. It's a joy. It's people finding each other. That stuff will never get old mm-hmm. for me. Um, two two daughters married now, as you pointed out, and and. Uh, my my third, the oldest twin in Washington, you know, she's living her dream and loves Washington D.C. and she's a foodie and doing her thing. But seeing people in love and having love is is everything, mm-hmm. right? It's just everything. Um, we need more of that in the country.
1: <laughs> well, so as a mom, Annie, I you know I want to ask your advice. A couple things. First, first advice I'd love from you is you know from someone like me, I work and I have these, I have these little kids and you did it. I used to watch you in the newsroom and you would come in, you had these three little babies. And back then I was so young, I never really asked you this, but how, how do you juggle it all? Because some days are are so overwhelming for me, right? Where I'm being pulled in so many different directions and It's work, and it's trying to be a good wife, too. Sometimes I feel bad for Jeff. (laughs) And then I have these kids, and, you know, I don't have a nanny. I don't have that. So, you know, how do you do it all? How did you juggle it? Well, here's what you have to know. You have to know that the bottom will
0: drop out many times and that the day will not be good or perfect in any way. And I tell women this all the time. Make sure whoever your partner is that you're in it together. This is not about you just raising your children. My parents, Mark's parents, were in Indiana. We had nobody out here. It was just Mark and I. And we were co-parenting, period. It would never have worked if I hadn't had a partner beside me who um, picked the kids up and braided their hair at night and played Barbies with them or whatever they wanted to do. Um, he was awesome. We had a sitter for about four hours during the day in between Mark picking up the kids and or getting home from work. Um, but you can't do it without a partner. Mm-hmm. You cannot. I know. And so I, I think of single moms and I think of single parents and my heart bleeds for them. It is so hard, mm-hmm. so know. hard.
1: That's how I was able to do it. Yeah. There, God, there God bless no Mark. Oh, we yeah. love Mark. I know. Um, and Jeff. Good job, Jeff. All right. And so then also as a mom, I look at your three daughters and all three of them turned out so well. You know, I tell you, <laughs> well, this I told all you, the knock time. on wood, or for whatever. I know, or whatever knock, knock right on, this, on this on right. the studio counter here. But seriously, how did you raise three daughters to be so nice, so kind? First of all, they're gorgeous. Like you and Mark are both. You know, you're like the the gorgeous family. Oh, right? But mm-hmm. seriously, you're <laughs> it's all a lot so... of a race. And I'll share with you yeah. which one I use under my eye. Exactly. But so how did you raise three kind, sweet, smart, successful daughters? One like, day at a time. Did?
0: One day at a time. And Mark and I are pretty much no nonsense. Mm-hmm. We just um, we don't you know, our kids were never we allowed to run around in stores like I see some of this stuff going on. And it's like, if you misbehaved, we're leaving. Um, and I also so think you were good at the follow through. Good at the follow through, but it was also, it was no longer. And I'm not going to say this right. Our turn uh-huh. is the children's turn. Yeah. So grow up, be the parent. Do not be their friend. Yep. Yep. They need guidelines. Right. You're in charge, not them. Right. Yep. And and I also think what helped is I always wanted to be, uh, for lack of a better term, because people don't even know what this is now, is a Kool Aid mom. I wanted their friends at our house. I didn't care how many nights they were there, the friends, they always knew ours was a safe house. Mm-hmm. Um, you could come. You wanted them there so you could sort of know what was going know on? Know what was going on, know the peer group. And even if you, even when you do know the peer group, things can happen because they're teenagers or they're young and they're going right. to experiment. But we always had stuff at our house all the time. Now I know some parents are like, oh, please, I can't take it anymore. You know what? You made the choice to have a child, have them at your house, mm-hmm. I love or that. at least know the parents who are having your child at their house. You, I see so many people that still want to, you know, are 40 something or you know, even 50 something. Oh, it's my turn. No, no, no. You need to raise your children. You can have fun, of course, but it's about the kids. It's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about you as a family, you as, as, a, as a unit. And it's about them. It's about them. And if you do this work right, it's really hard. It's really hard. I know. But you've got... There are many days where I cry. I might
1: have to call you, Maureen. No, but
0: you've got one shot, right? I think Jackie Kennedy said, you know, if you... And I'm paraphrasing, but if you mess up raising your kids, you don't Mm -hmm. get a second shot. Right. That's true. You got till about 10 or 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. to instill stuff in them. Yep. And then you still have to watch. Okay. But I'm still... You know, navigating it. absolutely, yep. and I'm still watching the girls and what's going on. And I look at big picture stuff, um, and family's everything. I my heart bleeds for kids who don't have a family unit, whatever that unit looks like.
1: That's why they're getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids. Yep. you know, you need guidelines. I know they want they want they want structure. They want they discipline. will tell you no. They want boundaries. Right. Boundaries, guys. Right. Um, okay, so. Quick, quick advice here. If someone wants to go into television news, what do you tell them? What's your best advice? Well, things are much different now. Um, I'm sure you get this all the time. Yeah.
0: Because famous. Well, I, I don't think of myself as that way, but I just write. Write all of the time. If you don't like to write stories, you don't belong in this business at all. Um, people who think it might be glamorous, it isn't. We don't have someone fluffing us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, That'd be good, though, right? No. Someone came in every day and yeah, did no, our hair no. and makeup?
0: It's, you know, I can. it's about the story. If you're going to be, if you want to be on television, to be on TV, first of all, I think that's weird because this generation doesn't even watch TV anymore. I mean, you know, they're watching everything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that YouTube stars are bigger stars than people on TV these days. But if it's important to you to tell somebody's story and to get it out on multiple platforms then you're headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult. So we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Um, You know, I'm blogging on my website, I'm doing TV shows, news shows, I'm doing Nyberg, I'm doing Fireplace, I'm doing everything I possibly can. But that's in my DNA, to just tell stories. I can remember as a kid when I learned to read and I could read a billboard for the first time, I thought, that just opened up my world to, I can read. So once I could read, I could tell stories. Mm-hmm. And that and I'm, you know, I told you I'm almost 62 years old. I'm going to die before I get to tell all the stories. So I run at life urgently. I'm I'm giving it all until I'm not here anymore
1: and I just and I love that. So if I'm doing three things at once, I'm thrilled. Right. I know mean, you're such a multitasker. So do you tell people still to go Look in the small in the smaller markets. If they want to do TV news, is that really the way to go these days? You know,
0: you used to be able to make your mistakes there. That's no longer the case. You okay. know as well as yep. I do. If you have a year experience, you might end up in New York City, but mm-hmm. but you're not making the money that you used that to you make. Used to, and yeah. you're schlepping a lot. Mm-hmm. It's elements. It's working holidays. It's, but it's so different from when I started. Yep. I loved working with a camera person because there were two of you on a story. If you're going into a neighborhood or there's been a shooting there's two of you now there's just one in many cases it's just you to shoot it to talk to people to watch your back to do all. that's crazy to me mm-hmm. you know i know that's the world in which we live we used to have one man bands you know 40 years ago too but the world's different now and i i think tandem is terrific mm-hmm. but the money's not there now i know it's different it's very it's very different
1: yep Okay. Well, no, it's all, this is such good advice because I'm sure you get this all the time from people well, and they think it's so glamorous and they look at you and they're like, I want to be just like Annie. Oh, for you heaven's know. sakes. Yep. Well, <laughs> just telling you like it is, girlfriend. Yep. It's all good. So, why did
0: you, why did you want to do this? Well, and I'm going
1: to turn the, the well, tables on you. Um, a couple things. First of all, Liz Gray, Liz Crane, um, she was my babysitter growing up. So, I did not know. Yeah, that. so that's how I got the, my job at WTNH, um, who's a news director. Yeah, still. with you. Yeah. But um, so Liz was my first boss. But um, so that was one part. But also, I was really nosy. I always wanted the scoop. And um, in college, I took a journalism class my freshman year, and that was it. I never went. Uh, that was See? it. I, as soon as I took that one class, I was out there getting stories. I was asking people what was going on. I was, I was getting the scoop. Did and you I, keep
0: a diary when you were little? No. Because that's what led oh, to I me. Oh, I did,
1: actually. Yeah, 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 when I was little. And I've actually looked at those since, and they crack me up. But that you were writing. writing. Yeah, You were writing. Yep, yep. And I actually love writing. I mean, that's, that's like documenting when you were saying about early on. make sure you love writing. If you want to go into news, make sure you love writing because there is a lot of writing. And the other thing, too, that drew me to news was that I had, I had a strong work ethic. I was always working. You know, my parents started me having jobs when I was young and I never stopped working. I was always working. And so I think, um, you know, one of the things about TV is you have to work hard. I worked crazy hours, not only at WTNH with you at Channel 8, but in every job I was always working crazy hours and I didn't complain about it. It was just kind of what we did. I didn't really know any different. And I often worry about the people coming up now. Work-life balance—that's what they want. Yeah, but I—I I wonder if they're willing to do the overnight shift and the crazy hours. I don't know. i, I feel like—are they willing to do it? I don't know. And are they smarter than we are? Because yeah, they, I know. Because, because they, because they actually spoke up and said, "I'm not going to do this." And right. we were like, "Sure, I'll take the job. It's overnights for ten thousand dollars. That sounds amazing." Right.
0: So I—I I, you know I I often think that oh we work so hard and all this, but is. Is this generation's work-life balance where they get lots more vacation? I mean, I had to work forever to get more mm-hmm. than two weeks. Yeah. That's not I the know. case anymore. I know. However, you know, at it, it Google and places like that, they have all the um, bells and whistles and
1: food Ooh, yeah, and Yeah, they play ping pong But they never leave they the yoga. building. Yeah, they never leave the building. They I drink be, beer. Yeah, there. I would be
0: claustrophobic.
1: Yeah, they never leave. No, right? they never leave. I know. It's so interesting. So, okay, well, Anne, I just want to say thank you so much. We're going to oh, wrap it up so by welcome. telling everyone to go vote. Yes, right? I'm sure you have many takeaways from today's episode, listening and learning from Anne. Thank like you I for do. doing this, by the way. Oh, well, you're so great. Thanks. You really inspired me. I'm telling you, Annie. There's so much about your work and our friendship and our relationship and what I learned from you that you inspired me so much, and you still do. So just know that people. So many people love you and look up to you, and you're such a role model for so many of us. So keep going. Well, you're very we kind need to more say of that. Right? I have
0: to. I have no choice. I know.
1: Well, that's going to be your legacy, <laughs> yes. and that's important to think about, right? I think about that a lot. So, think about your legacy, and I think of one of the things that Annie is all about: community. Yeah, that's to be. such a big part of you. So, you have to be. if anyone's out there listening, and you know you're inspired by community, think about Anne and what she's doing, and maybe. Um, you know, we can all learn and get better at that from you. We And keep from you. doing this, Nina. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm so, I love doing it. So, and thanks to our amazing intern here. He's such a rock star, this guy, Dan Ball. He's going to go far. I know. Well, he is the um, podcast extraordinaire, also TV and radio here at Quinnipiac University. So. Big shout out to everyone at Quinnipiac. And Annie and I were really blown away walking around the campus, too, weren't we?
0: Right, because I live—I used to live two miles down from Quinnipiac
1: College. Yeah, now University. Right. <laughs> it's huge. I know. It's like legit. And the hockey team. Let's yeah. give a shout out to the hockey team. So anyway, thank you to WQAQ and Dan and everyone at Quinnipiac for hosting us today. And a big shout out to Ann Nyberg, my friend and former colleague, someone I love so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you. I know that I would never be here without all of you inspiring me and supporting me. And every day I work to be a kinder, better person. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, you can always find me on iTunes. Please be sure to subscribe and rate and review my podcast. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. So happy to be here. And remember, get out and vote. Let's connect on Instagram because as I told Ann Nyberg, right now the gram is my jam. Thank you again for listening and let's all keep being awesome.